Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast. Um, it is our first one in December as we enter to statistically one of the best months or the best month of the stock market, depending where you look. And as usual, uh, well, I said as not as usual, I'm not joined by Josh today. He's jet setting. Uh, he's currently in Tel Aviv, but I'm joined by our global market strategist, Ben Laidler. Ben, how are you? Yeah, good. It's the B team today. Uh, Josh is obviously sunning himself. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, enjoying the football. It's now getting very real. Yeah. And uh, markets sort of hanging in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a difference uh, a week could make. Obviously, England, France on Saturday and uh, next week is a blockbuster week. But we've got a few things to to talk through to get us through so we can focus, I guess, at the beginning on uh, China uh, and international market opportunity. I think that's a really interesting area before moving on to commodities kind of linked in there as well and also touching upon the influence of the US dollar which I imagine a lot of investors are focused on at the moment before wrapping up with a sort of central bank review and preview ahead of that very very important week but just before that just before we get into those areas maybe we can sort of talk about uh your your view on this recent rally that we've seen in markets uh i mentioned at the beginning there december strong seasonality and and we say we said this uh a lot in the webinars just the the just the the two words santa rally it gets people excited but what's all that about are we going to have one how are you feeling about it yeah so it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be a december podcast if we didn't talk about the uh the sort of santa rally yeah, um, yeah. but but seriously you know market it's typically, well, markets have had a big rebound, right, off their October lows, uh, driven by the signs of, um, you know, US inflation peaking, the Fed getting ready to slow, you know, these big rate hikes. Um, you know, I, I think this recovery is going to stabilize and cool down a bit. But uh, to your point, we do have some sort of new supports sort of coming in here, right? I mean, we're in December. This is traditionally the strongest month of the year for the S&P 500 uh, as investors you know, typically reposition and put new funds into the market for the sort of year ahead. Uh, I think this could actually be pretty strong this year because this has been a terrible year. And next year, I think it will be a less bad year. Um, and it's not just about the S&P 500. That December seasonality is actually normally even stronger outside of the US. Um, you know, if you look back over time, it's markets like Hong Kong and the UK, which have typically seen the sort of strongest Decembers. Uh, but overall, equities globally are up in 70% of Decembers. And this one month uh, typically accounts for about a quarter of the um, you know, average annual return. So you know, Christmas may have come a little bit earlier this year, right, starting in October, but um, there's still, um, you know, I think there's still some uh, room to play for here. Yeah, well, crossing everything, the, the rest of December will, will be a good one. Um, okay, let's now move on to China. Uh, I know many people out there, traders and investors will say inflation or rates are the number one or, or two thing that they're keeping an eye on. But the idea of, of China reopening is getting investors really excited. You know, how are you seeing this at the moment? Do investors have the right to get excited and ahead of themselves? Or, or do we actually need to tread more carefully? 
I think it's a big deal. Um, so what are they doing? They've started to loosen this zero COVID strategy. Uh, they were the only country left in the world with this um, zero COVID strategy. Um, that loosening is going to take some time, right? It's a gradual process. Uh, they need to vaccinate more people. They need to get more hospital capacity uh, out there. But they've clearly started down that path. Uh, and I think this is important for, for three big reasons. So one, it's the second biggest economy in the world. Uh, and it's the one with you know the best chance of stopping us tipping into a global recession. Uh, so if they can reopen and they can support their depressed consumer, uh, that is, I, I think, a big deal in terms of reducing just the risks everywhere in the world on recession. Secondly, uh, there are some particular global assets which are really, really exposed uh, to, to China. So commodities is an obvious one, but you know, luxury goods, shipping, markets like Australia, markets like you know, Germany. Uh, and then finally, thirdly, for China itself, you know, this has been the worst performing equity market in the world uh, this year. Uh, and the economy has been weakening you know, pretty quickly. I mean, just this morning, we saw their latest import numbers. You know, they're down 11% year over year, you know, pretty dramatic. Uh, so they have a growth problem. Um, but this combination, I think, of sort of low expectations, low valuations, um, it's made it very sensitive to any less bad news, right? And that is just what you've seen. And that's why China's rallied 30%, right, in the last six weeks. And it's been the um, strongest performing market off the, off the October low. Yeah, I mean, th those moves from the low, not just for the equity market, but some of those individual stocks have been quite staggering. It really has been. Um, I guess if you could time the market and have your crystal ball, <laughs> you'd be laughing right now. Uh, and Christmas absolutely would have uh, come early. Um, on, the, on the topic of China, how are investors feeling outside of the US at the moment? The US has you know, dominated for as long as I can remember. Uh, is there a change in the air or, or, or not quite yet? Uh, how are investors feeling at the moment? Yeah, dangerous territory, right? When you're tempted mm. to say this time it's different. Um, but you know, the interesting thing about this sort of big rally off these October lows is that it's been led by international markets. It hasn't been led by the US. Um, and I think this could be a preview uh, for what comes next year. So these inter you know, overseas markets, they're particularly sensitive uh, to the peak in Fed interest rates uh, and a more stable dollar, both of which we think we're going to get next year. Uh, they're also a lot cheaper uh, than the US. Uh, and I think this could be a, a big advantage in 2023. When I do think um, you know, some of the pressure comes off valuations, um, just to put some numbers on this, I mean, you know, go back you know, a decade, international markets used to basically trade at the same price earnings valuations of the US. Now they trade on a 30% um, discount. Um, so I think that's the opportunity. The caveat is your earlier point, the US equities have just got so big, right? They're now 65% of global equities. I mean, really sort of, you know, supersized. That the US, you know, if the US does badly next year, everything's going to do badly. But if the US sort of stabilizes, you know, maybe you make a bit of money. I think that's the, the signal for overseas equities um, to potentially do, uh, do very well. And as you say, that would be a historic change because US equities has basically been this sort of freight train of outperformance for the last sort of 15 years. But I do think the stars are beginning to realign for you know, a rare year of out overseas outperformance for the next year. And maybe we've just had a little bit of a, a preview of that over the last six weeks. 
yeah everything seems to be at really an interesting level at the moment and you said those those recent moves they have been amazing i was just looking at the footsie yesterday which is just a smidge away from all-time highs which is incredible when you think just a few weeks ago it was at the low of the year which is also a very historical low as well what a difference uh, a couple of weeks or months can make uh look we covered china um you know and our listeners will know or they're about to know that they're the biggest buyer of commodities in the world. So it sets us up quite nicely for an update on this asset class. How are we seeing things at the moment in the commodity world? You know, China potentially open up will will have a bigger impact on certain commodities than others, though, right? Yeah. So, you know, commodities had a great 2021. Uh, they had a very good first half of the year, but they've struggled more recently. Uh, and one of the big reasons for that has just been the sort of rise of sort of global recession risks and, um, you know, what that means for less commodity demand uh, going forward. But, you know, a better China outlook helps a lot here. Um, and it's not just the sort of COVID reopening, you know, potentially helping the Chinese consumer. Um, but also, crucially, they've been rolling out support for their sort of oversized uh, property sector. Um, you know, that property sector is a quarter of the Chinese economy and obviously I've been a big big um, commodity user so these two things combined the reopening of China and the help to the property sector could really help uh, you know commodity demand at a time when you know it's really needed because we're worrying about recession in, in the rest of the world uh, and as you mentioned it you know there is China's a big deal for all commodities but for some more than others um, just to put some numbers on this so in the oil market, it's where it's the biggest buyer. It's about 16, 17% of all oil demand. But if you look at industrial metals, so things like iron ore, copper, you know, aluminium, it's over 50%, five zero of, uh, of, of commodity demand. So, you know, China potentially, you know, firming up here, rebounding is, um, is, is some you know, needed good news in commodity markets right now. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess from an investor standpoint, there's two ways. There's obviously the you can go to the commodity itself or whether it be a portfolio dedicated to commodities or companies that have exposure, like just very simply Exxon for oil, for example. But of course, we also need to be aware of, you know, if China were to retract this reopening, the market is going to have to rebalance because that. So we've always got to be on edge and be reactive and proactive as as investors. Um, Look, if we're saying China a, a benefit, for commodities and i think we can all agree with that we also have to mention the recent weakness of the us dollar which has helped some as well you know investors will be asking uh can this last uh we will talk about central banks as mentioned before shortly but just on the impact of commodities with the us dollar what what should we be aware of there yeah so so the strong dollar that we've seen for much of this year has been the other big drag on on, on commodities so you know all commodities are priced in dollars so when the dollar rallies 20%, which is what it did you know, earlier this year, um, you know, everything else being equal, it makes commodities 20% more expensive in your local currency, and, and that hits demand. Yeah. Um, but the dollar's now down you know, 10% on average from its recent highs you know, nearly. You know, as we get near the top of that Fed cycle, as investors become less negative, as they you know, don't need to hide out in this sort of US dollar safer haven uh, anymore. And, and this has all been you know, a, a relief for commodities. Um, now, no, I don't think you're going to see commodities leading performance, you know, next year as they did, you know, 2021 or, or the beginning of, of, of this year. Right? I don't think this dollar weakness, I wouldn't extrapolate that too much far forward. And, you know, China's going to recover, but it's not going to sort of boom here. Um, but, 
you know, these are definitely supports for um, uh, for the commodity market, and um, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll definitely take them. I do think we're in a regime of you know high, maybe not higher, but high for longer uh, commodity prices with you know supply very tight and you know demand you know potentially beginning to uh, recover a bit here in China. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so investors keeping on China, keeping on that that strength or weakness of the US dollar, uh, which brings us perfectly onto our last subject, but a very crucial one, not just this week, but for for next week as well, and the future beyond that central banks. Uh, By the end of the week, we would have heard from the Bank of Canada. So for anyone listening today on Wednesday, it's 1.30 UK time, uh, and the Reserve Bank of Australia, which were yesterday early hours. Uh, And that's really going to set us up nicely for the Fed next Wednesday, and then the Bank of England and European Central Bank on the Thursday, Super Thursday, they might even call it. Uh, Firstly, how important are the RBA and BOC for global investors? I feel a bit weak. You just rock, running off that long list of, of <laughs> any one and of quadruple which, witching. On any the one of which could sort of hurt us all next week. But you know, clearly, if you you know live in Australia and Canada, um, you know it's yes. important what those central banks are doing, and you know especially if you have a mortgage there. But for the rest of the world, uh, I, I, they're important signals, right? Because both Australia and Canada have been at the sort of front of this queue of slowing down the pace of interest rate hikes as their own inflation numbers have cooled, you know, and their housing markets have sort of started creaking uh, and moving lower. Um, you know, hopefully, this is a precursor of what we're going to see next week. Um, you know, we have the big three, or the three of the, you know, three of the big central banks, the Fed, the ECB, and, and the Bank of England. And I think they're all set to slow interest rate hikes uh, next week. They're all hiked, you know, massive 75 basis point hikes last time. I think they're all going to slow down to a you know, still high, but more manageable 50 basis points. And and this will be the first step towards, you know, that eventual peak in interest rates in 2023. And then the eventual, you know, decline in interest rates, you know, hopefully, you know, towards the end of next year. So this is that sort of key necessary first step. And it's been a, you know, it's been a big part of this um, rally we've had since October. Yeah. And and then look for the Fed moving on to to them. I mean, I think the Bank of England would be very happy that you mentioned they're in the top one of the the top three central (laughs) banks. How long that will be, we'll have to wait and see. But look, most much of the uh, uh, the investors focus is going to be on the Fed. So what do we have to keep an eye on there? I mean, look, newer traders and investors will be automatically drawn towards the rate decision, the headline number. But of course, it's so much more than that. Yeah, so I think there's three big things to watch next week. So one, obviously, you know, this pace of rate hikes that we've been talking about, consensus is, you know, that slowdown from 75 basis points to 50, we just talked about. But I think even more important than the pace is the destination. And I think this is the second key factor for for next Wednesday. Uh, You know, the Fed's going to give us guidance as to, you know, where that peak of the interest rate cycle is going to be. They're going to update their economic forecasts or the so-called sort of dot plot. you know, right now it's at 5%, which is another 1% from here. Um, I think they could raise that next week. Maybe not by a lot, but by something. And I think that could be a little bit of a reality check to markets after the sort of big rally uh, that we've had. So it's not just about the pace, but it's also about the destination. And that destination could just be a little bit further away than um, the, the markets were hoping. And then the third thing is next Tuesday, um, where we have the US November inflation report. Um, we want to see it continue to come down, yes. right? The last number, the headline CPI number was 7.7. You know, our lead indicators tell us that it will come down. 
but it could be a little, it could be, a, you know, it could be a close thing. And, you know, markets are going to be very sensitive to that. I mean, you've heard me say it before, it's all about inflation, right? Inflation's driving the Fed, inflation's driving recession risks, inflation's driving the earnings risks. It's really, you know, there's one thing you should care about, that's it, because it drives everything else. So, um, of course, that comes out on Tuesday, the day before the Fed meeting, which is the day before the ECB and Bank of England meeting, which is the day before quadruple witching. So, um, you know, um, stay close to your screens next week. Yeah, it's going to be a mammoth week. And look, they are definitely the most important things. But you've also got UK GDP, UK unemployment claimant count. You've got Eurozone ZEW sentiment there. You've got the SMB Norges Bank meetings. You've got European Council. You've got Chinese retail sales and industrial production uh, and uh, UK retail sales, UK and US flash PMIs and uh, Eurozone final CPI there as well. I mean, next week is the blockbuster week of all weeks. Hopefully we can survive it. Uh, December will be much better because of it. Uh, ben, uh, thank you very much for, for taking your, your time. Very much appreciated. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Trade safe. Take care. See you all next week. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>